growing in God's Word, and learning what it means to take up our cross and follow Jesus. This is Crosswalk with Pastor Clay Stevens from Cross Culture Church in Raleigh. I wish I had a dollar for every time I've heard, well, I just feel like, or it just feels right. Really? You're going to base the decisions of your life that have long-term and even eternal consequences on something as flaky and as faulty as your feelings? During a police investigation, when detectives have a suspect, they often say something like, we'd like to bring you in for questioning. Well, today on Crosswalk, Pastor Clay is going to bring us in for questioning. When I ask you these questions, answer them honestly. Answer them to yourself honestly, because if you're not honest with yourself in these questions, then then it doesn't matter. I'm Rick Freeman. Welcome to Crosswalk. This is part two of a message from Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, and four questions that can have a profound impact on our lives. Last week, Pastor Clay asked us the first two questions, beginning with this, does the peace of Christ rule in your heart? We explored the importance of that question for our lives and discussed the difference between the world's idea of peace and God's idea of peace. As we discovered, they are very different. The peace of God continually keeps us moving in the right direction that God has for our lives. The second question was this, does the Word of Christ dwell in your heart? As Pastor Clay explained, it's more than just the intake of the knowledge of God's Word. It's the outflow from our lives. Now that's something we're going to hear more of today as we hear two more questions. Like the first two, these questions are very important for determining where we are in our walk with Christ. I'll be back later to wrap things up. But now, here's Pastor Clay with this week's Crosswalk message. Questions. Questions are part of our life, are part of the world in which we live. We answer questions at work. We answer questions at home. Uh, we ask ourselves uh, questions. My wife thinks I'm crazy because I talk to myself all the time. Um, but, and yes, I do even answer myself from time to time. But uh, questions. Some questions are, are funny. Some questions are kind of thought-provoking. Some questions are much more of a serious nature came across a few questions that I thought would be kind of fun to look at uh, today. Let's start with this one. Why is Greenland made of ice and Iceland made of green grass? Does that seem weird to y'all? Maybe I'll like this one better. <laughs> Why do some directions for medicine read only apply to infected area? Where else would you be applying it? <laughs> I mean, I really don't want to put it on an uninfected area. Okay, how about this one? Why is it when you transport something by car, it's called a shipment, but when you transport by ship, it's called cargo? Why is that? It's a good question. How come you never read about a psychic winning the lottery? I'm just saying, why? Wouldn't they hit every time? Here's a good one, one for thought. Why isn't the word phonetic spelled the way it sounds? That seems like a... A good question to me. Doesn't expecting the unexpected make the unexpected become the expected? Right, well, I, think, I think this one's for my uh, daughter-in-law who, who styles hair. Why do shampoo instructions read re- rinse and repeat? Do they think we missed our head the first time? I mean, I'm pretty sure I got it pretty good on the first one. 
All right, and here's, I think, one more. If all the nations in the world are in debt, who's got all the money? I just would like to know. Who's got all the money? (laughs) Questions. As I said, some questions are more important than uh, maybe just some that are kind of whimsical or thought-provoking. Some questions, as a matter of fact, are very important. Last week, if you happen to be here with us, and by the way, any week that you're not here with us, if you're not aware of this, you can go to our website, you can, you can click on media, uh, and you can go and browse through and look. I think almost every single message I've preached since the day Cross Culture opened its doors uh, almost three years ago, you can go and listen to. But you can always go back and, uh, and listen to those messages. Our brother Rick uh, Freeman faithfully takes care of that uh, ministry. Uh, But if you were here last week, you know that I said I have four very important questions for you. You also remember that I said I actually have five, but uh, because I want to be truthful. But but four very important questions for your life. Based on Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, which we have been in the book of Colossians now for a good many weeks. We're walking through this series entitled, It's All About Him. That that's the emphasis Paul is driving home. And you could say, well, the whole Bible is about him. It's about Christ. Yes, that's absolutely true. But because of the dynamics, because of the context of what was going on in Colossae, there certainly is an emphasis in Paul's letter to really drive home the point of who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ has accomplished. Uh, To build that heavily uh, theological portion of the first half of the letter and then the heavily practical section of the second half of the letter, which is where we are, we are now in chapter 3, walking through much of the practical. And so uh, in, in verses 15 through 17, I'm pulling out or, or putting together four questions based on those verses that I want to ask you. Covered two of them last week, and we will briefly review them this week after we read the text in just a moment. Um, but before we read the text, I want to remind you also of what I said last week. We're going to briefly review those two questions, then we're going to dive into, I'll just be honest with you, and the more I prayed about it and thought about it this morning, we're probably just going to get to one more question today. Probably not going to get to the other two questions uh, today, and, and not the fifth one. Um, but anyway, be that as it may, y'all got no better place to be than, than here next Sunday anyway, right? right? Wrong! You could be in heaven next Sunday. That would be much better than here. <laughs> But if you're not in heaven next Sunday, love to have you back. (laughs) But uh, I ask you this, and I ask it again this week. When I ask you these questions, answer them honestly. Answer them to yourself honestly. Because if you're not honest with yourself in these questions, then, then it doesn't matter. You'll walk away from here, you know, with nothing. Or saying, okay, yeah, that was nice, that was okay, that was whatever. But if you answer these questions honestly for yourself, it could radically change your life. The second thing I ask you to do, and I give you permission again this week, is to post these questions to Facebook or some type of social media outlet. And you can do it right now while you're in church. If you have capabilities of do that, you can bust out your your iPhone or, or Droid or Blackberry or whatever. If you have the capability to do that, I encourage you to do that. And I, by the way, I, I, I haven't heard anything, but I'd love to hear if you got any responses as you posted them last week, got any interesting comments or conversations going on. I'd love to hear uh, about that. But the purpose of that was just to maybe try and get you engaged with other people out there, um, uh, you know, in the, uh, the social world out there. 
you know, post those questions and see what kind of response you get and what kind of dialogue starts as a result of that. So feel free to post those questions either this, this morning or when you get home. Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. Text will be up on the screen. And if you happy to have a copy, happen to have a copy of God's Word, I, I hope that you will turn there as well. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. And Father, we do pray today that uh, with thankful hearts we would approach Your throne, approach Your word, and we ask You to open our hearts and our minds and our spirits to the truth of Your word. Lord, every day... or I, I hope every day I thank you for letting me be your messenger boy uh, to these people and to as many as you'll let us gather uh, in this place. It is truly a privilege to get to do that. Uh, but Father, they come to hear uh, you. So each person in each life situation, would you speak into their hearts and their lives through the power of your word. And as we look at these questions and deal with them and evaluate them and evaluate our lives in the light of these questions... Holy Spirit, may you have your will and your way. May we be open and receptive to what you would do. In Christ's strong name, amen. question we started with last week was this, from Colossians chapter 3, 15 through 17. Does the peace of Christ rule in your heart? I mean, that's straight from Paul's lips to, to our screen. Does the peace of Christ rule in your hearts? And if you were here, or if you go back and listen to it, you'll hear me talk about the fact that we distinguished between uh, what the world's idea of peace is and what the peace of Christ is, and that they are very much different things. We also talked about the danger of deceiving yourself into thinking you have peace when in fact you do not have the peace of Christ, and that the peace of Christ comes from a life of obedience, really. We talked about that word and, and what it means that really this peace, this idea of the peace ruling in your hearts, it becomes, uh, it becomes your umpire, guiding your life, keeping you in the will of God when, when we tend at times to stray off or something leads us here or we, we get bogged down in our circumstances or we just get tired or, or whatever, that the, that, the, that the Word of God or, or that the peace of God continually keeps us moving in the right direction that God has for our lives. And I'll say it again, I said it last week, when you experience the peace of Christ in your life, there is absolutely nothing like it, period, not a zippo, nothing compares to the peace of Christ. The second question was this, does the Word of Christ dwell in your heart. And by the way, this question, they're all important, but this question to me is the hub. Everything kind of comes off of this question that, that in essence Paul is asking there in verse 16 when he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So the question becomes, does the word of Christ 
dwell? Does it abide? Does it reside in your heart? And as I said last week, that's not simply the intake of information. That's not simply intaking the Word of God. Okay, I need to read this. And yes, yes which is absolutely essential. You, it's the only way you're going to do it. You do understand the, the Word of God doesn't come into you by some process of osmosis or something like that, right? No, it, it, it's, so it, you've got to do this, but it's not simply the intake of the Word of Christ. It's the outflow of the Word of Christ from my life as a result of the intake and its effect on my life. It's both of those things. And it was a great question last week. Does the Word of Christ dwell in your heart? Okay, let's get to the next question this morning. It looks like this. Does the joy of Christ fill your heart? And by the way, if you like to take notes, there is an outline on the back you can use. Uh, And if you're not aware, uh, the seat where you're sitting actually has a little desk that flips up. And I don't say that enough, probably. People don't realize that. But if that helps you, does the joy of Christ fill your heart? Again, verse 16, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. It's interesting that right on the heels of this admonition to let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, right on the heels of that, Paul gives some practical application of how that happens. And that's critical, ladies and gentlemen. If, if, you, if you know me, if you've hung around me for more than five minutes, you know I have said this countless times from this platform in one way or another or spoken it into your individual lives. It's not simply about the receiving of the information. It's about the application of the information. And so right on the heels of that admonition, Paul gives some practical application when he says, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. It's the idea that the, that the, that the word of Christ has its effect on my life so that I am able to Teach and admonish. The word means to, uh, to urge, to encourage. It can even mean to confront. We're able to teach and admonish one another based on the wisdom of God that comes from the word of God. Now, that, ladies and gentlemen, is an unbelievable advantage for us, for you and me, in, in the stuff of our lives. To know that we can make decisions based not on someone else's opinion, based not on what we think might be right, but based on the wisdom of God that comes from the Word of God. To know that we have that available to us is an absolutely astounding benefit to us. I'll just be honest with you. I, I I wish I had a dollar for every time I've heard Well, I just feel like, or it just feels right. Really? You're going to base the decisions of your life, the decisions that have long-term and even eternal consequences, you're going to base those decisions on something as, as flaky and as faulty 
and as flighty as your feelings? You like all them Fs. That, that's, that's how you're going to determine it. Well, I, 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 I just feel like. Really? Really? When you have the opportunity to make the decisions of your life based on thus saith the Lord. And know that, you, that those decisions that you've made, if they're based on the word of God and the wisdom of God, they are correct. Because you're in the will of God. If that's how you're making your decisions. So, how, how, does, how, how does that happen? Well, again, verse, first part of verse 16. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. And I know that we've already covered that part of verse 16 last week. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm just telling you that unless the word of God richly dwells within you, you can't make decisions based on the wisdom of God. You'll make decisions based on, on feelings. You'll make decisions based on what your family thinks or what your friends think. Or, and, and listen, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, not dissing on anybody, but I don't care if it's, if it's Dr. Phil or Dr. Laura or Dr. Seuss. If the decisions that you're making are not based on the wisdom of the Word of God, you're in trouble. I'm in trouble if our decisions are coming from public opinion polls or personal preferences or, or anything else. And Paul then follows that. He connects these intricately and he follows that with this statement that says, that again in verse 16, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. He, he's, he's talked about this peace of Christ. He's, he's talked about the word of Christ. And then he just kind of slides on in, connecting it again to the word of Christ. And that's, and that's central, but just slides on into this idea of, of singing with psalms and hymns. This teaching and admonishing another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Well, what in the world does Paul even mean by that? First, notice the... Uh, uh, the varieties. Notice the, the genres, the various styles uh, that, he, that he gives there. Psalms and hymns and, and spiritual songs. You and I have preferences, don't we? Go ahead, it's okay, admit it. You and I have, have preferences. Styles come and go. Instruments vary. But isn't it interesting that God seems to like all of it? I, I, I really think God is a lover of music. I really do think that God is a lover of music. Now, uh, practically since the day Paul wrote this letter, people have been asking, well, what does Paul mean? Why does he designate them like that? Why does he break them down like this? Why doesn't he just sing? Why doesn't he just say, sing with thankfulness in your hearts to God? Why does he say uh, with, uh, with psalms and hymns and, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God? Why does he give us those designations? Since Paul wrote the letter, people have been trying to figure out what he means by those designations. Well, I'm here to clear all of that up today. No. <laughs> no. I, I, you're, it's, you're never going to settle. It's one of those things that you'll just, well, did he, did he have something in mind? Was there something that they would have understood that maybe we didn't understand as well or, or whatever else? Never going to settle it. But for what it's worth, I'm going to give you how I look at that, those designations there, I'm going to give you what I see as the psalms and hymns and, and spiritual songs. And, and you, can, you can sit there and say, oh, that's good. Or you can sit there and say, whew, he is way off. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. 
But this, this, I just think that this is kind of the idea here. So he starts with Psalms. I see that as the songs from God. In the Old Testament, where the book of Psalms is found, the book of Psalms is a song book, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you realize that or not, but it's a song book. The Psalms, historically, the Psalms weren't read, you know, just read or spoken, perhaps the way they are today. The Psalms were sung. And, and not just the Psalms. Throughout the history of the church, the church has been taking the Word of God and, and singing it back to God. It's a beautiful thing. And it, by the way, it's hard to go wrong to sing God's own Word back to Him. The, the church has done that historically for years. So I, I, I was thinking, okay, how, 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 do I, how do I show you that? And there, there are great writers, by the way, great song writers that, that do that. They, they take God's word, and we could have done a, a psalm, and we could have sat here and, and sang a psalm. But I was thinking about it, and I said, you know, what, what about if you, can, if you can take anything and you can, and, and you can, and you can sing with thankfulness in your hearts, if it's all about this joy to God, then, then you ought to almost be able to take any portion of God's word and, and make it about him and make it joyous. And so I kind of fooled around a little bit this week, and uh, came up with a little something from, actually from Colossians chapter 3. Now, please understand, um, as you no doubt quickly will, it's not necessarily about hitting the right notes. It's not so much about being the best singer in the world. Thank you. It's about this idea of singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. That's really what it's all about. And how do we, if we say the Psalms are songs from God, what can we do with that? So this is Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. Y'all ready? Let the word of Christ richly dwell. Within you with all wisdom Teaching and Admonishing One another Like to repeat it. With psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your heart to. Sing it with me. God. To God. The 
whatever you do in word or deed, to all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through. God the Father. To God the Father. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. So. So uh, these psalms, they're, they're songs from God. They're songs based on God's word that we can sing back to him. Why? Because of thankful hearts for what he's done for us. The second designation uh, that he gives are hymns. Psalms and hymns. Hymns are what I consider songs about God. Not Now, all the music that Paul's making reference to is about God. But what I mean is that what we, what we think of traditionally as hymns tend to be directed to other people about God. Uh, they're, they're, they're not as informal as some other songs, let's say that. And, and again, listen, there's crossover in this, there's you know, exceptions to this. But I'm just saying as a general rule is how it looks like to me when I, when I look at this. Psalms, those are songs from God. Hymns, those are songs about God. For instance, and we're going to sing some of these uh, together, and so you're going to help me on this. This is definitely is not a solo one. But um, you may be in here, and some of these hymns you may say, wow, I, I, don't, I don't know those songs. Can I just say that excites me? If you're here and you don't know that song, that kind of excites me because it says to me that maybe cross-culture, maybe we're we're doing some of what we're trying to do, which is reach people that, quite honestly, may not come out of a church background. So don't feel bad if you don't know uh, some of these hymns. But uh, let's look at the first one we got. I think it's from Charles Wesley. Oh, four thousand tongues to sing. Okay? If you know that, that stanza... Sing it with me. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace. There were about seven stanzas, by the way, to uh, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. We don't have time to do all those, but I had to add uh, my favorite. Uh, in there, and it, it looks like this. Sing this with me. He breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood avails for me. You notice how they're about God. They're talking about God. They might be a testimony about what God has done in his life. It might be a theological statement about the attributes of God. But they're, but they're about God. How about this one? Here's an old one from Isaac Watts. Uh, I should say from Isaac Watts and Ralph 
uh, Hudson. Uh, Watts wrote the stanzas for this, by the way. I didn't know this. I began to research it. Watts wrote the stanzas for this, but Ralph Hudson actually added the chorus or the refrain that, that will be so familiar to some of y'all. He actually added that uh, years later. So uh, the cross, let's, let's sing that one together. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Come on, sing it out. Would He devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. How many of y'all hearing that for the very first time? Never heard it before. Awesome. Awesome. It's a, it's a great old hymn. Um, it's a great old, you know, we probably don't have time for this, but you can't talk about hymns and not do Amazing Grace, right? You got to do. Now, Chris Tomlin did a, a great kind of update of Amazing Grace a few years ago, but I just wanted to do it kind of old school. Um, uh, sing it with me. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch. Like me, I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. You see the nature of them? You see how they sing about God and about what God is, has done in a person's life? By the way, a little trivia tidbit in case you're curious about this. Most everybody that knows Amazing Grace is familiar with the last uh, stanza, uh, which we don't have up on the screen, by the way, but the last stanza, you know, that goes, when we've been there 10,000 years. Do you know that? that? That was actually never in the original song. John Newton never wrote those words. They were added years later uh, anonymously. We don't even know who added them. Somebody, I guess, just had the joy of the Lord in their heart, in their life. Thankfulness. Okay. Uh, so, so we've got... Uh, We've got psalms, those are songs from God. We've got hymns, those are songs about God. And then Paul mentions spiritual songs, and I look at those as songs to God. Again, there, you know, this is not cut and dry, there's overlap, there's, there's all these kinds of things. But I look at Paul's reference to spiritual songs as maybe the equivalent in our day of the praise choruses that we uh, use so frequently and, and make such about. Now, listen, they're still about God, so I don't mean they're not about God. They're still about God, but there's something about them that is much less formal. There's something about them that is much more personal about, with the singer not just talking about God anymore, but actually talking to God. Uh, I went old school on, on uh, one of these, too. This, this one was popular by probably 10 or 15 years ago. Um, Lord, I lift your name on high. How many of you know, know this one? You know, and, and churches still, still do it from time to time, but it's, it's been around for, for quite a while. So uh, let's sing this uh, praise course by Donnie McClurkin. And notice how there's this conversation now going on between the singer and between God. Come on, let's sing it. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. 
I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. Come on, good. To pay from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. You see the conversation there? Between them and, and there even used to be, y'all remember, there were uh, like hand signals to that song. Do y'all remember that? The uh, Youth Week, you always did that one because the kids would come up and do uh, all the hand signs. <laughs> okay, and then here's another one. I'm gonna, I, w- I wanna, wanted to play one more because I like this one. Um, this one we've done many, many times here at uh, Cross Culture, and uh, most of you probably know it. Uh, we're not going to do the whole thing. We're especially not going to do that, that part about lift your hands and spin around, because BJ used to make us do that all the time, and uh, he knew it was going to make me dizzy, and so he'd, so he'd purposely point me out and, uh, and make me uh, do it. So we're not going to do uh, that part, but, but maybe if you know this one, uh, you can sing it, okay? Into marvelous light I'm running Out of darkness, out of shame By the cross you are the truth You are the life, you are the Aren't you glad? Death has lost its sting. <laughs> From the grave you've risen victoriously into marvelous light. I'm running. Sing it. Out of darkness, out of shame. By the cross you are the truth. You are the life. You are the I got that ending part from Michael, that little, no thanks. Huh? <laughs> there are songs to God. Isn't it neat to be able to sing to God? Into marvelous light I'm running. Out of darkness, out of shame. By the cross, you are the truth, you're the life, you're the way. Paul really makes these designations, bringing us back to this idea that I have in the form of a question. Which is, does the joy of Christ fill your heart? Do you live in the reality of that joy? Oh, but uh, you don't know my circumstances. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I have gone through. There's nothing in my life that would give me joy. Watch out. You're in danger of falling into the same trap that we talked about last week when we talked about the peace of God. And that is the temptation to let your circumstances dictate, to let your circumstances sit on the throne of your life and determine whether you have peace or whether you have joy. And listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, no one and nothing has the right to sit on the throne of your life except Jesus Christ. Because it's all about Him. So no, I don't know all your circumstances. I don't know everything you're going through. 
but I'm pretty sure God does. And you know what he says? You know what he says? Sing. Sing. Sing with thankfulness in your hearts. Sing your heart out. Better yet, sing with thankfulness in your hearts for what God has done in your life. And as a result of that, sing the fear out of your heart. Sing the pain out of your heart. Sing the anger out of your heart. Sing the, sing the uncertainty, the anxiety. The, the, all, sing it all out of your life. Sing, Paul says, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. I don't know your circumstances, but God does. And God says, sing. And so I come back to the question, does the joy of Christ fill your heart? Lord willing, if you come back next week, we'll get to the fourth question. And then I'll give you some solutions as to how you can begin to make the questions that you're asking, how you can begin to answer those questions in a way that will bring fulfillment to your life and honor to God. Does the peace of Christ rule your heart? Does the word of Christ richly dwell in your heart? Does the joy of Christ fill your heart? Those are some pretty powerful questions, don't you think? As I said at the beginning, how we answer those four questions can have a profound effect on our lives. But it may be the fifth question that's the most important of all. What are you going to do about it? If you answered those questions honestly and discovered some areas that are lacking in your walk with Jesus, then what's the next move? Do you just go on with business as usual, or do you take Pastor Clay's A5 challenge and begin to become all that you can be in Christ Jesus? We're glad you joined us for this week's message on Crosswalk. Each week, Pastor Clay opens the Bible and brings out its exciting and practical truths to apply to our lives. Cross Culture Church is a new church in North Raleigh, but instead of religion, we're about relationships. And instead of rituals, we practice realness. We meet Sundays at 1030 at Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540, exit 7. And we welcome anyone looking for a place to learn about God's plan for their life. At Cross Culture Church, we experience the liberating, satisfying, life-changing power of the cross. And it's our desire to bring that power to a culture in need of freedom, hope, and joy. We hope you'll come join us on a Sunday morning. We'll save a seat for you. Cross Culture Church, a new church for people like you. Learn more about us, who we are, what we're about, what we do, and what we believe. Visit us online at crossculturelife.org. Cross Culture Church, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross.